Welcome to the Holistic Healing Connection podcast with your host, holistic practitioner and mentor, Amber Cook. Join Amber and her guests weekly for insight and practical tips to help you succeed on your path to wellness. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com, nurturing business, cultivating health, growing community. Your one-stop holistic health resource, HealingWaze.com. Hi, I'm Amber Cook. I've spent my life practicing and experimenting with holistic and alternative healthcare because I believe it is the real healthcare, the way to well-being. So stick around because your holistic healing connection starts right now. Why is it so important that we heal our past traumas and release our old emotions? How is our body talking to us? Today's episode will answer these questions and more with my dear friend and Healing Ways team member, Lynn Del Mastro Thompson. Lynn is a certified body talk practitioner, a body talk access trainer, a breathwork practitioner, and the author of the Amazon bestseller, You Are Not Your Diagnosis. In her book, she tells of her inspiring and emotional story of being misdiagnosed with leukemia at the age of 25. Lynn has used her health struggles and wellness journey to help other women make health a priority before chronic illness strikes. And if you've already been dealing with a chronic illness or a diagnosis or even a misdiagnosis, she can help you recover your health. She can help you thrive beyond your diagnosis. If you like what you hear and would like to work with Lynn, you can find her at bodytalkportland.com or the various links in the show notes. If you have any big takeaways from listening to our conversation today, please share them in the comments. And as usual, a review on Google Play or Apple Podcasts is always helpful. Enjoy. Please help me welcome my special guest, friend, and Healing Ways team member, Lynn Del Mastro Thompson. Lynn, thank you for being here with me today. This is going to be so much fun. I'm chatting with my buddy. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's a highlight of the calendar this week. Yeah, awesome. Um, so before we dive in uh, to get to the juicy things, the things that people are here to, to learn about, um, I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit about, well, I already know, but tell our listeners a little bit about your professional background. Sure. So my professional background is I have a master's degree in somatic psychology, which is kind of a mind body approach. And then I went on to study a bunch of different alternative healing modalities, including biofeedback, therapeutic yoga, um, Reiki, and my main modality now is body talk, as well as I'm doing some breath work with people. Mm -hmm. So I have used all of these tools personally that I've studied and had tremendous benefit. And that's part of why I was drawn to incorporate them into my work. You are a Jill of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> you have truly dabbled in some of the, the best healing modalities. Yes. Um, so I'm sure we'll get to this in this in this next uh, question here, because I'm dying to know why you settled on um, body talk and now incorporating breath work. Um, I know it has something to do with your personal story and mm -hmm. your um, big why also behind this career path. And I know a lot of it is covered in your book, You Are Not Your Diagnosis. Is that correct? Yes. That's okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And you can find it on Amazon. You are not your diagnosis. It's an awesome book. I own a copy. You should own a copy. It's an easy, easy read. Lynn did a great job. Um, so we don't want her to give away all the goods, but I know in there you discuss why you landed on Body Talk. Um, give us kind of the short version of, of what that book's about. Sure. So the book kind of starts with the beginning of my own healing journey, which was when I was in my mid-20s and I was given a diagnosis, which I came out to find out later was a misdiagnosis of leukemia. And I went from pursuing a path as a, a kind of an academic, thinking I wanted to teach history to realizing I was miserable in that uh, path and then I got sick because I, I kind of knew that as I wasn't listening. Mm -hmm. So the book kind of takes the reader through that journey with me of going from thinking, you know, here I am 24, healthy, going to have just an elective surgery to going down what I call the rabbit hole of medical diagnostic system, yeah. coming out the other side with the diagnosis that I think on some level I knew from the beginning didn't really feel right. Mm -hmm. Spending three years with a doctor who really didn't listen at all. So if that's mm -hmm. part of your story, know that that does happen, unfortunately. And sometimes you have to be your own advocate. Mm -hmm. And finally, three years later, getting a different doctor who immediately looked at probably my three-inch stack of medical records and said, this doesn't look right and coming out the other side to a different diagnosis. Yeah. Terrible. Yes. You're a medical uh, guinea pig, just like so many people, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it's more common than, you know, I hear it a lot from clients of, well, first we thought it was this, and now we think it's that, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's a combination of these three things that, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, like at the image of throwing darts at a dartboard. Yeah. And part of those darts are like some, usually some pretty powerful medications with all kinds of crazy side effects, mm -hmm. surgery even, I mean, all the stuff you went through mm -hmm. is unfortunately happening to way too many people now. And, um, your, st your story is inspiring. Um, why body talk? So body talk kind of came into my healing process a bit later. So mm -hmm. I, about a year or two into the diagnosis, I started exploring all of the other modalities that I mentioned. Okay the biofeedback and yoga and all of that. And then about 2012, I tried body talk for the first time. Um, I was already kind of working in these other uh, modalities. And then one day I woke up and my left knee was just extremely painful. And people kept saying, you know, did you injure yourself? Like, did you fall down? Did you bang into something? And I'm like, nope, I just woke up and my left knee was like, very loudly screaming in pain. Uh huh. And I tried everything for about probably three months that I already knew that was holistic. So I was going for massage and chiropractic and acupuncture, and I had been studying yoga therapy. So I was working on myself and working with my mentors, and nothing was helping. And I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah. Like, doing all the right things, I was dedicated. Like I'm not gonna go just take a painkiller and just suppress the symptom because mm -hmm. I'm like, there's something going on here. And I remembered the year before I had been out networking for my business and I met this woman who said, I'm a body talk practitioner. And I was like, 
a what? <laughs> and she told me what it was. That's what I said when I met you. <laughs> Most people have that reaction. I get that all the time. Uh-huh. And she told me what that was. And I was like, when she told me, I said, that sounds really cool. That sounds kind of like my my area of interest. But at that time, I was like, I'm doing all these things. I don't really need one more thing. Mm -hmm. um, three months into the pain, when I kept describing it as my knee is talking, but it's probably speaking something like Japanese and I don't speak Japanese, <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know, maybe this woman who does this thing called body talk, like maybe she can tell me what's going on here. <laughs> and that very first session, it was just incredible. Um, she pinpointed that I had actually gone through a trauma that I didn't really recognize in my own mind. Mm -hmm. Pain started. Um, my parents had been visiting, looking for kind of a second opinion for my dad, who was dealing with extreme anxiety, depression, basically almost suicidal. Mm -hmm. and as soon as they left, they had been, you know, staying with me in Portland for about two weeks. I just was like, okay, I got to get back to work. Like I got to do my business. And I didn't take any time to realize that that was traumatic, what I had just been through, like witnessing my dad in that state, certain circumstances that happened. Yeah. So my, my knee was actually kind of like waving a flag at me like, hello, there's a trauma. <laughs> so it wasn't speaking Japanese, but it was... It was what? waving a flag that you couldn't see. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, well, I could, I was like, the pain was there, but I, I had no clue why it just wouldn't go away because mm -hmm. everything I was trying I would get maybe like an increment of a little bit of relief but it would never build on it itself mm -hmm. so I would always stay at maybe like 10 to 15 percent improvement which over three months is not great so yeah like I'm constantly only at you know 10 to 15 percent better yeah yeah well so then you had some body talk and that's what took care of it Yes. In that very first session, I remember getting up off the table and I think the pain was basically, if not completely gone, like 95% gone. Wow. And I was like, whoa, what just happened here? That's amazing. Because to go, you, what? To go from trying everything, you know, and being religious about all of the things and nothing was helping to like one session and, and it was basically gone. Yeah. And during the trying everything for your knee, had you tried conventional medicine? I didn't really okay. because I knew if I went in, like they were just probably going to say, here, take some painkillers. Yep. You yep. know, maybe let's take an x-ray. And I'm like, I know there is nothing structurally wrong with mm -hmm. my knee. Like I, I was clear in that yeah. you know, if I had had an accident and fallen and injured myself, maybe I would have gone and got it checked out and, yeah. and you know, like maybe I did do physical damage, but I was like, this is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't want to just go get it, you know, go in, they would tell you to ice it. Like you said, take pain relievers or just even ibuprofen and right. maybe send you to physical therapy and x-rays but and then even eventually you know if if it didn't get treated you, you probably you might need surgery eventually because it would just get worse and worse probably i mean you wouldn't I'm actually be treating the symptoms because that 
conventional medicine isn't listening to what your body's really saying. No, it's like, can we just make it be quiet, you know, no matter what, what, what it takes. Does that take a hammer? Does that take, you know, a strong painkiller? And then mm-hmm. you just become dependent on a painkiller that because your knee just won't stop hurting. Yeah. Wow. I just had a, like a powerful image of um, just like putting tape over your body's mouth, you know, like over your mouth, like mm-hmm. shut up, you know, that's kind of what it is. It's like, just take this pain reliever, take this, uh, you know, steroid injection. Um, like you said, just do these things to shut, shut your body up, but your body is talking for a reason. Right. Which is very much, you know, what I'm more curious about is like, why, why is this mm-hmm. happening? Because yeah really in the why that we come to the the solution to the problem it's like if the body doesn't have to keep saying you know help 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 yeah because we've listened then the problem just goes away yeah yeah so you talk a lot about um just like you said listening to your body it has messages for us your body talks to you hence body talk (laughs) um (laughs) What exactly does that mean when you say, you know, listen to the messages that your body's telling you and like, how would people know that it's a message from their body? (laughs) Well, I think the good starting point is just knowing like our bodies actually don't have words, right? Mm -hmm. Like they can't say, excuse me, like (laughs) that food that you're eating, it really, you know, causes me lots of inflammation, you know? Uh would be kind of nice if we, if we had little like, you know, notes or emails. Closed <laughs> caption. Yeah. Something like that, but we don't have that. So we just get like pain and other symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, starting from that point of that's the only way the body can get our attention is through a symptom and beginning to reframe that for yourself instead of kind of being annoyed with it, which is often what happens when we have pain. Ugh why do I have this pain? This is mm-hmm. so irritating. It's ruining my life. Like, okay. <laughs> why, you know, why do I have this pain? What is it trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I encourage people to do is just take some time, you know, to work with the body. And, you know, initially, if you're used to just getting frustrated or you're used to reaching for a Tylenol when you hurt, Mm-hmm. You might not hear the message at first, and sometimes you might need somebody to help you like find the message. But a lot mm-hmm. of times we we can, you know, if we train ourselves to be quiet, to spend some time with that area and be like, kind of treat it like a friend, like you're having a conversation, you know. Hey, back, what's going on? You know, yeah. can I help you with something? Can you tell me what this is about? And a lot of times it's those first thoughts that pop in that sometimes we even want to second guess. Yeah. It couldn't possibly be that, or that's too simple, or (laughs) give me another answer. I don't want to give up that food. No, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But usually, you know, we know, especially the more we become in touch with our intuition, the more we will just get that answer. Yeah. Like, I think it was, you know, that thing that I did or that thing that I ate that just doesn't work for me anymore. Mm -hmm. So um, if someone has a hard time, you know, let's say people do that, they're just like, okay, I'm going to sit here and try to listen to my body and still just really can't figure it out, which can happen for sure. And, you know, some people, 
need need more outside help than others or even if you have all the help inside and you can hear it you're just you know like you said second guessing those things mm-hmm. that your body is saying anyway um so that's why people would come to you you're going to help are you going to help them kind of figure out what those messages are saying definitely like yeah. the whole body talk process is very much kind of i i say it's understanding the story behind the symptoms mm-hmm. so as you know a practitioner i'm trained to just be quiet to be neutral because i come into a session and i'm not kind of thinking oh they've told me they have this label this diagnosis or you know have this and sometimes i get taken someplace that's really surprising and first the logical mind goes, how is this possibly connected to, you know, they're coming in because they have a stomach ache and, you yeah. know, we're talking about them when they were five years old and something horrible happened in their life, you know, you can sometimes overanalyze it, but mm-hmm. I've come to understand that it's really trusting what comes through, that everything is really interconnected, even things that seem like, you know, they're completely opposite sides of the room. It's mm-hmm. like, they actually have a relationship in the body. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much is connected. I mean, even as a massage therapist, I hear it all the time from people that like, it's all connected. (laughs) Like it's so, you know, it's such a surprise and it's like, yes, we're all our, our body, our mind, our spirit, we're, it's all one thing. We're all, it's all working together. Um, so, uh, I know that you, you'd mentioned, you know, you encourage people not to just run off to the Tylenol or ibuprofen um, to kind of sit with their pain. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally agree. I mean, I think in society, we're so taught just to grab a pill to take yeah, care of it. Back to, get back to work, you know, mm-hmm. like you got a stomach ache, you know, go grab something, go grab some Tums and, you know, like, don't take any time to be like, oh, what's going on here? You know, maybe I just need to rest a little bit. Maybe I was eating at my desk and my body doesn't really like that. You know, I'm like mm-hmm. things not being mindful with my food and maybe yeah. that's all it is, you know? Yeah. Or maybe it is something more serious, but I think sitting in the pain for a little bit or the uncomfortableness of it is is really good. It's a really good way to to really, like you said, hear, or at least try to, you know, hear the first bits of what the body is saying. And then you go see a body, po- body talk practitioner and they sure. you translate the rest of it. Um, I know in body talk, one thing that you work with also is um, past traumas mm-hmm. and stuck emotions, old emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it so important to address those in our healing? Why should we release our old emotions and and work on healing those past traumas? So our bodies are kind of like one big storage vessel for Mm -hmm. everything that's ever happened to us. So anything traumatic that's happened to us, any emotions that we've just kind of shoved down because it's like, oh, I don't have time for that or it's uncomfortable. (laughs) Anybody who's ever done anything like that. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I've heard sometimes that happens. (laughs) It's then it basically the body finds a place to store it, uh, Mm. you know, in the connective tissue and our organs and, you know, our immune system, wherever kind of in in Chinese medicine philosophy, the liver kind of is the one that's deciding, okay, let's stick that over there. You know, Mm -hmm. got some sadness. Let's, 
move it over into, you know, this particular area of the body, this organ. Yeah. And oftentimes that that's also comes back to when we get a pain out of nowhere, sometimes it's that particular emotion starting to kind of be like, Hey, you know, there's some sadness here in your small intestine that's been here for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the container is also getting full, you know, it's like, yeah. how much room do you have for that particular issue? And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm just getting this pain in this area. and I, I don't even know why. Mm-hmm. And that can also be it coming to the surface for attention. But again, there we get looped back into, oh, there's something wrong. Let me go take a pill and make it be quiet again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just, you know, stuff it down. I mean, especially men, right, are taught to, you know, not fully feel or express their emotions and just stuff it down. Um, do you work with many men or you're mostly, you're mostly working with women? Mostly I'm working with women. Um, I, I have had some male clients over the years. It's always interesting because to me, it seems like the women that I've attracted are always kind of more invested in the process mm-hmm. and really understand that it is a process. And a lot of times the men that I have attracted in the past have been kind of like, oh, I didn't notice anything after a session or two. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of move along. Yeah. 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 I was just curious to see if like you noticed a pattern mm-hmm. where, you know, especially like with the, with men, like I said, you know, in society, in our society, in American culture, they're um, definitely encouraged to, you know, stuff the feelings and all that. Have you noticed in when working with male clients, if there's kind of a pretty consistent pattern of that? <sighs> I don't, I can't say that anything immediately comes to mind with that. I mean, yeah. I definitely think that that's the case is that mm-hmm. you know, men are told, don't be a baby, don't cry, yeah. weak, you know, yeah. you know, that certainly has to play an impact uh, and you know, play a role in their mm-hmm. health. But I don't know that I could necessarily say, you know, I tend to see this particular pattern around that, like lots yeah. of sadness, you know, and, and it always kind of showing up in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the flip side for women, I was just having a conversation with somebody about this recently. Um, anger. I mean, still to this day, even with, uh, you know, all, all the progress where we are starting to make, um, the emotion of anger is still one that mm-hmm. women are uncomfortable sometimes to show. Right. So, yeah. Um, the interesting thing too there is like women tend to get more gallstones, which is related to anger. Ah, interesting. Kidney, kidney stones because of the fear. Ah. Men are not supposed to be afraid, right? They're supposed to be manly and brave. Yeah. Like one or the other crystallizes in the body, and then mm-hmm. women tend to be more like, I'm going to have a gallbladder stone attack, and men tend to have the kidney stones. Interesting. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. It all works together. Um, so uh, besides the, like your own traumas that have happened to your body or your mind, I know that you also work on um, like DNA stuff, right? Like, or an- I could be getting that wrong, but almost like an ancestral yes. trauma. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, so science is kind of coming now to catch up and understand this whole field called epigenetics, which mm-hmm. is 
about like how our genes are turning on and off. So the way my teacher who teaches this part explains it, it's like every cell has the recipe for every kind of thing that could be produced in the body. But you can't, you know, like a bone cell doesn't really need to know how to make muscle tissue or mm -hmm. anything knows how to do bone stuff. So it's kind of like it's masking tape that's masking off what we don't need for the rest of the code. Like mm. you just need this particular part of the recipe book that's all about bone, right, for mm -hmm. bone cells. But when we start having trauma or when our ancestors had trauma or when we're exposed to toxins or ancestors were exposed to toxins, mm -hmm. a lot of times the markers will either start getting added inappropriately, so things are getting shut off where they shouldn't be, or markers start falling off where we need them. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, you don't need that recipe. And then all of a sudden the body's confused because it's starting to, cells are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Interesting. So is there a way to maybe not fix it, but manage that? I mean, is, is that, I know that you address it, but you know how a lot of times people are just like, well, it's in my DNA, it's in my genes. I, I have this genetic thing or that genetic thing, and there's no way to do anything about it. Do you believe that's true? Um, from what I've read, most of the stuff that we used to think is genetic is it's only a small percent. So like five to 10% of stuff, all illness is genetic and everything else is epigenetic. And that's the cool thing because epigenetic is much easier to change. Like we're not actually changing the code itself, uh -huh. working with the little markers that attach to it. That is not so much a managing, but like the work that one of my mentors does um, and teaches is all about working with those epigenetic pieces. Cool. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, it's, it's, it's so complex, but at the same time, simple, you know, it, I mean, it makes sense, you know, or yeah. basically it's just saying our environment and all the things that happen to us affect us mm -hmm. basically change how cells turn on and off and how things are signaling in the body. That yeah. to me is, makes tremendous sense and, and has a beautiful simplicity. Mm -hmm. You know, and the cool thing is, it's like, we can move away from saying your genes are your destiny, you know, like, yeah. oh, you got bad genes, you know, <laughs> your, your ancestors are a bunch of sick people. And, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's terrible. I, I feel so sad when, I mean, I myself have been told that by, you know, med medical professionals. And I hear that all the time from other people, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, my back hurts. Just, you know, part of my family history or, you know, something like Everybody that. Oh. My family has back problems. Yeah. And that might be, but perhaps you could actually address it and break the cycle because maybe something happened. Maybe you had an ancestor hundreds of years ago that for some reason something huge happened and, you know, their back was where that showed up and mm -hmm. then just kind of pay, you know, tuned into that thing that happened hundreds of years ago, like yeah. over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. That is so cool. Um, so, you know, kind of along the lines of someone just saying, oh, it's your genes. Just you're going to have to just live with this problem. Um, let's talk about chronic illness, which is <laughs> something you know a lot about, <laughs> as you mentioned, you yourself, um, as you have been diagnosed with, uh, the wrong at first and then 
correct. You, you found the correct diagnosis, yes. right? Yes. Um, but it still is just a diagnosis and it there are ways to thrive living with that diagnosis. So mm -hmm. what are, give us some of those ways. What do you believe can help people? Um, I mean, I think a lot of the stuff that we've actually been talking about, healing trauma, getting rid of old emotion, going back and healing things in your ancestral line, mm -hmm. um, like doing kind of the work. But some of it is just, you know, how do you take care of yourself on a day-to-day -day basis even? You know, are you yeah. paying attention to the kind of food that you eat? Does it have a lot of toxins in it? Um, what are you putting on your skin is another huge thing because our skin is such a big organ. Mm -hmm. Oh, everything is safe, you know, like there's some government organization that surely <laughs> makes sure that if I buy some lotion in the store, right. that it's perfectly safe for me to use. And it's like, no, the last law was made in like the late 30s, I think. Oh my gosh. Regulating that kind of thing. So there's yeah. thousands of chemicals. So, mm -hmm. you know, becoming just more aware of all of these factors that, you know, what are you putting into your body? What are you putting on top of your skin? What are you, you know, what thoughts are you thinking? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a big one. You know, if we're always walking around thinking, I'm sick, this will never get any better. Well, yeah. our bodies will then comply to make that our reality. Yeah. Versus if we're kind of shifting that and being like, well, I may be feeling sick today, but I believe my body can and will heal. Mm -hmm. the body will actually start to to make that your reality that's awesome so here's kind of a trick question let's say i mean i want to knock on wood because i don't want this to ever happen but let's say you get diagnosed with an i'll just use me let's say i get diagnosed with i just feel so bad putting on you i'm like i'll feel so responsible if that happens um, okay so let's say um, I've been dealing with something. I've been listening to my body. I've gotten all, I've seen my naturopath. I've been getting body talk. I'm doing all the stuff. Um, but there's more. So I go in, I get some tests and bam, I'm hit with like this horrible diagnosis that I'm going to have forever. Like a big one now is, um, why can't I think of it? Oh my gosh. That's probably one of the autoimmune diseases. Yeah. Give me an autoimmune. Um, um, lupus, rheumatoid lupus. arthritis. There you go. <laughs> so many, unfortunately. Yes. Um, that's a topic for a, another day. That could take a long time. We'll do that in your next interview. <laughs> um, I was thinking fibromyalgia. Okay. So, you know, that's like, as a massage therapist, it seems like now, and I know, I do believe it is a real diagnosis is great that these people are feeling like they're getting an answer now. Right. Because they're being heard. They're being validated. Something isn't right. But just all in your head. Yeah, because that was horrible, right? That used to, when I first started my career, that's what doctors still told people. It was just mm -hmm. all in their head. Um, okay, yeah. So I go in and they're like, "We well, you know what it is. You have fibromyalgia. You're going to have it for the rest of your life. What do I, what's, what would be your advice to me? I come to you, I'm like, Lynn, I have this. I, every, everything I know says, you know, I know there's ways to treat it and thrive and all this, but I just gonna, I'm just going to wallow in my self-pity for a while. <laughs> what would be the steps? What would you say? Like, okay, here's action step number one. What do we do? Well, I think for me, first, just reminding people that 
when a doctor says something is chronic, it just means that they don't have a pill or a surgery that absolutely fixes it, which I'm like, how many other things are there out there? Like you and I could probably create a list of, you know, thousands of things that mm -hmm. could help address that. But from that Western medicine perspective, it's like, well, we don't know how to fix it. So we're just going to give you these pills that will quote manage it forever. Mm -hmm. I have seen things happen for clients that are incredible. You know, people that have been told you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life and you're going to be dependent on it. They're going off medications and able to, you know, manage whatever's going on or, or the symptoms go away. Mm -hmm. Kind of, I think that first thing is just shifting that mindset of, you know, just because the doctor said it's chronic doesn't mean that it has to be chronic. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and then beginning to, you know, investigate like, you know, what feels aligned for you in terms of further support, mm -hmm. you know, what do you need? Is it mindset work? Do you need somebody to really get in there? Cause you're really getting stuck in that pity party in your head and like, but no, the doctor said that, you know, <laughs> arguing with me, <laughs> then that right. might be where you need to do a lot of work. You know, maybe uh -huh. you're like, oh, I, I totally believe what you said. So then it's like, okay, well then let's figure out how to help the body. What, what is it crying out for in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, bringing balance and support to what's going on. Do you help, do you and other body talk practitioners um, help people beyond the work you do with them if you're working with someone and you do find out that it's you know they need to make like just an, a major mindset shift which we know the mind is so powerful in creating and healing things in our body do you then maybe refer them to somebody that can specifically work with that or is I that really i mean it's something that body talk also can address is okay believe some mindset but sometimes it feels like you know if there's something that would better serve that mm -hmm. you know if they need to go in and see like a hypnotherapist or mm -hmm. you know somebody that does nlp you know mm -hmm. linguistic programming you know maybe that is what they need to yeah. make shift because you know there's so many tools out there and sometimes you know one isn't right for everything yeah yeah although body talk you uh grab from various modalities. What are some of the modalities incorporated in body talk? So there's a lot of Chinese medicine and five elements theory because mm -hmm. the founder was actually a, a doctor of Chinese medicine. Okay. Um, working with a lot of bioenergetic psychology. So understanding kind of like a consciousness of, of an area, like what does that area represent both kind of from a Western perspective and an Eastern perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, working with energy systems, kind of through chakras, through Ayurvedic medicine, there's a, a flavor of that. We even go into like working with um, astrology, will wow. sometimes come up in sessions because okay. uh, we can look at those influences. Uh huh. So, and then very, especially like for me, having worked with a particular mentor that I do, um, very sciencey pieces. So mm -hmm. like working with hormone balancing and working with the epigenetic pieces. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's pretty much what doesn't incorporate <laughs> in a lot of ways. I mean, there's even physical structural balances that come from like manual therapy. Oh, cool. Okay. Done for me as someone who's not licensed to touch as like mm -hmm. a massage therapist or something like that. Yeah. I don't physically do those techniques. 
do them manually, you can do them energetically and still have the result. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. In fact, I know that you can even, you've even done um, some work on metabolism, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and that you have even used yourself as a guinea pig <laughs> for a lot of these. That's, I'm now saying that I'm just a guinea pig for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as you should be, right? We should be, if we really truly believe in something um, and you know, it's not going to harm you. Right. You should try it out on yourself. Yep. Um, yep. And I know that you had great success with the, some of the metabolism work. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've been working with my mentor for, I think since January was when we started with mm-hmm. the sessions and just had a huge shift in terms of just noticing it. Not so much that I, you know, it's not going on some crazy diet where yeah. I'm not eating things. It's just my body's like, oh, now I can actually burn things instead of storing everything. And there's been some dietary shifts, you know, like certain things that my body says it would be better if you don't eat that or you don't eat very much of it. Mm-hmm. Hard for me to burn through that. And so it's like, for example, for me, potatoes, mm-hmm. I have to limit how much potatoes I have. It's not that I can't have them, but I'm supposed to not have them very often because mm-hmm. like, they add to my body being sluggish in terms of burning. Yeah. Awesome. So did you, uh, did you actually hear your body say that or did your body talk practitioner tell you? <laughs> she was the one that came up in a session. So, you know, sometimes we get that, that knowing of like, oh, I think that thing I shouldn't really, you know, probably I knew like, yeah, I should probably cut down how much sugar and chocolate yeah. I have. But then of course you get the reminder of yeah. here's, here's kind of your prescription, so to speak of what needs to change. And yeah. Yeah, like my body's like, no, you don't really want that cupcake. And my mind is like, yes, I do. <laughs> taste buds go, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, my taste buds are like, it's time to party. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, body talk is cool stuff. I've had it done. Um, my daughter has had it done. My husband has had it done. We actually have a video on YouTube of Lynn giving um, a body talk session to Logan, my husband. Um, it's great. Uh, he didn't give a ton of feedback later on, but did say that, um, he did feel a lot less stressed. I noticed he was a lot less stressed. Uh, it, yeah, I noticed a huge difference in his stress levels, if nothing else. Um, I love men, so I'm not knocking men, but you know, it can be a little harder to just know they're not always as observant. Yes. What the changes are. And that's exactly. just you know, maybe a conditioning thing again, like, mm-hmm they're more conditioned not to pay attention to their bodies as much. Yeah, unfortunately. And I hope that that's changing um, with, you know, all the things that are changing right now. That'd be awesome. Um, so uh, I just do want to touch really quick because you mentioned breath work and I wanted to touch on it as well because um, I had a breath work session with Lynn, I don't know, five months ago, um, something like that. And mm-hmm. she was just practicing it. And I'd had breath work before and the type that Lynn taught, and I've told several people this, not being dramatic, although I can be sometimes, um, life-changing, like seriously life-changing. It was like one of those aha, huge moments. Like I will never forget the experience just from, and you were practicing. (laughs) I tried to tell people you know, about breath work and they're just like, I breathe. 
what's, <laughs> what does that mean? Um, so, and I recently had another breathwork session with Lynn as well. And it was also super powerful. Um, it was short. It was just a piece of our body talk session as well. But um, mm -hmm. tell, tell people listening, because I'm not a breathwork expert. Mm -hmm. What exactly does that mean, the term breath work? And yeah, how does it work? What does it do? Why is it important? Sure. So first of all, there's so many different types of breath. Mm -hmm. And I actually had kind of trained in different things when I was doing biofeedback. And then of course, yoga has many different types of specific breathing patterns. Yeah. And so I was always, I've worked with clients for years, actually using different ways of breathing because yes, we all breathe on a <laughs> daily basis. Um, but I used to explain it this way when I, I first was teaching breath work. It's one of the few things that's both um, voluntary and involuntary. Mm. And I say it's good be, that it's involuntary because for most of us, we probably wouldn't be alive if it wasn't, you know? Yeah. People consciously during their day don't think about breathing very often. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're feeling really anxious and stressed, you might remind yourself, oh, I should take a deep breath. Yeah. Most of the time we're kind of unconscious with it. Mm -hmm. so working with it in a conscious way is really, I think, what breathwork is about. There's different patterns, there's different tools of doing that, and, and some of it, you know, is like speeding up how fast you're breathing, some of it's slowing down. Mm -hmm. This particular style of breathwork that I recently trained in is, it's a specific way of breathing, so we call it a two-part inhalation and then an exhalation. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who has done so many different kinds of breath work over the years, and then I encountered this at a retreat where a friend guided us through this, I was like, holy crap, that was intense, mm -hmm. powerful, and completely different than anything I'd ever done before with breathing. Yeah. Um, it, for me, it moves a lot of emotions a lot of the time, so I will sometimes cry while I'm doing it. And usually then afterwards, it's like, I'm totally fine. It's not like I'm a weeping mess after yeah. it just moves. And I've seen that with the clients that I'm starting to bring that in. Um, it also moves just a lot of energy. So there's a lot of times your hands will kind of vibrate. Um, sometimes other areas of the body will. And I think that's just tapping into the body's natural energy circulation. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of a tool. Yeah. To why is it important to move energy? <laughs> Think about if we're like all stagnant, you know, uh -huh. like, I mean, our health is really partly based on just energy moving in the way it's designed to. And yet we get stagnation patterns in the yeah. body. Yeah. A lot of time. And a lot of that times it can connect right to that emotional stuff. Like maybe we are storing something in an area we're storing sadness in our heart. And then it's like, we kind of build up, defensive walls around that mm -hmm. wants to go into that that's kind of scary right exactly <laughs> Her heart you know has all of this stuff stuck there that it's yeah. like if we can move it uh, and that's that's why I do love it it can be intense mm -hmm. when you're doing it although not always yeah uh, every, every session is different mm -hmm. with people and I, every session I've done on myself feels a little bit different each time mm -hmm. But it moves. it moves things. I think that's kind of the basis of most holistic uh, medicine is it is different every time because it really does work with what your body, your mind, and your spirit need 
like truly need. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why it's different because we're not static. Even when our energy is not moving very well, we're still not static. There's right. still movement going on. There's right. changes happening all the time. Um, so in, in breath work, so it's, it's, a, it's done in a session. Um, it must have, you know, lasting um, results. And mm -hmm. does it, I, I would imagine it just helps people even become more aware of when we are holding our breath right? Because mm -hmm. you think, like you said, everybody says, well, I breathe all the time. <laughs> But I really encourage you that if you're listening to this and you're wondering, like, how is it that I sometimes wouldn't breathe? I would just die. There are definitely times when a lot of us don't breathe. And then, then you might yawn a lot or sigh yeah. a lot. Um, usually those are two signs that you've been holding your breath or you, mm -hmm. you've ever taken kind of one of those gasps all of a sudden where you're like sitting there, maybe you're working and then you're like, <gasps> Yeah, you've been holding your breath and then finally your body just kind of like, okay, we got to get some oxygen now. <laughs> right. And then beyond the oxygen need, which is a great need, we need to live. Um, you know, if we're not breathing, our muscles get restricted, our fascia or connective tissue gets restricted. Um, our, our lymph, the fluid, the lymph fluid isn't moving the way it should be. Mm -hmm. So it goes so much more beyond just needing the oxygen even. Right. It's super important. Um, and that's why breath work's really important and being taught, uh, to be aware of that breath. And I think breath work is a huge eye opener. Mm -hmm. I think no matter what, what style you experience, it just brings more awareness mm -hmm. to your breath, which is huge. I would always say years ago when I was teaching it, you know, I don't expect you to walk around like 24 seven or whenever you're awake and like every breath you take, you're consciously breathing. <laughs> That's just unrealistic. But it's like, if you can keep checking back in throughout your day, you know, like, how am I breathing? You know, have I been holding my breath? Mm -hmm. And you do that, you know, like every couple hours, even that's, that's a huge shift from just yeah. walking around and never, ever paying attention to your breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, when you're talking, I'm like, oh, now I need some deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> just talking about breathing makes you want to breathe. <laughs> it does. It really does. Um, so any, any takeaways, any, uh, you know, last little pieces of advice for uh, people? regarding any of this? I think one of the things I always just like to remind people is it can always be in small steps, no matter where you are. Like if you're somebody that's really dealing with a lot of illness and you don't have to like completely change your whole life and like go from eating just a diet where you think about nothing and you know, you just eat whatever to all of a sudden jumping into a restricted diet or, yeah. you know, exercising and you never exercise. And then all of a sudden you're working out an hour every day. Like that's not realistic. <laughs> so yeah. whatever changes you want to make to support your health, you know, it can be very incremental. Like I'm a fan of baby steps nice. in yeah. the process and just, again, I, I guess I always come back to that mindset piece, like what you believe is possible and what you believe about your health is going to determine a whole lot. Mm. So that last beats is huge. That's huge. Especially for those people with the chronic illness diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that can be just, it, it can crush your spirit sometimes if you yeah. let it. 
and mm -hmm. don't let what the doctor says dictate to you mm -hmm. what your reality has to be because I mean, they don't know everything. And one of my favorite things sometimes is when you blow the doctor's mind and they're like, how's that possible? <laughs> <laughs> like, it is possible just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not possible. Yes, yes. And even if you tell them and they just totally ignore you, well, don't take that as a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. Don't take that as a sign that it's not working. Don't give up. Just right. Ignore them. That's their opinion. They're normal people as well. So. <laughs> right. And you are the one that's in your body 24 seven. So if you feel different and you yeah. feel an improvement, that is huge too. Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe someday that'll show up on a lab test and, and, you know, like I have a client that went off of five different medications and now all of her labs show normal results. Normal levels. Cool. And she wow. said a year ago, she was like practically bedridden. Like who would, would a doctor lead you to believe that's possible? No. No. Mm -mm. Uh, so sad. So sad. But we are working to change that. Lynn, me, all our, you know, colleagues, we're, we're hoping to change that someday because, um, yeah. Paradigm. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, well, Lynn, I would love for you to tell everybody how to at least find you and then oh you have a new website i do have a new website yeah. <laughs> so what is your website it's um well actually the new url <laughs> directs <laughs> to it is heartfirehealingllc.com but you okay. can also look at bodytalkportland.com and both of them will get you there sweet and on your website um can they find out how to get your book Yes. Yeah. There's a page about the book and it'll link to Amazon or if you're in the U S and you want to sign copy, I do have copies that uh, you can order from me as well. With the cool. <laughs> and one last question. Um, we didn't mention that you also, uh, love to do some guided meditation. Is that something available for people to find? Um, there's a couple downloads, the free downloads on my site where you can get some guided meditations mm -hmm. for your own starting your healing process uh -huh. or wherever you are in that. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Definitely check out her website. Uh, Lynn is awesome. She is just like me, super passionate about um, changing the way that healthcare is in this country. And um, we're doing it even just one person at a time. We're doing it. <laughs> so uh, Lynn, Thank you so much for jumping on here with me and uh, you and I will chat soon. All right. Thank you. You've just listened to Holistic Healing Connection with me, Amber Cook. You can find out more about me and other holistic healers, coaches, and practitioners at healingways.com. That's healing, W-A-Z-E.com or on most major social media outlets. If you are a holistic professional and would like to be a guest on this podcast, please go to healingways.com to join. If you have been helped by holistic or alternative medicine, I'd love to help you share your story on this podcast to help inspire others. Please email us at info at healingways.com with the title podcast guest. And don't forget to come back every week for more holistic fun. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful day.